Hey everyone, it's Father Pat, here today to offer you my reflections on the scriptural readings for today. Our readings for today are from the Solemnity of Our Lord Jesus Christ, King of the Universe. A reading from the book of the prophet Ezekiel. Thus says the Lord God, I myself will look after and tend my sheep. As a shepherd tends his flock, when he finds himself among his scattered sheep, so will I tend my sheep. I will rescue them from every place where they were scattered when it was cloudy and dark. I myself will pasture my sheep. I myself will give them rest, says the Lord God. The lost I will seek out. The strayed I will bring back. The injured I will bind up. The sick I will heal. But the sleek and the strong I will destroy shepherding them rightly. As for you, my sheep, says the Lord God, I will judge between one sheep and another, between rams and goats. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our response, the Lord is my shepherd, there is nothing I shall want. The Lord is my shepherd, there is nothing I shall want. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. In verdant pastures he gives me repose. The Lord is my shepherd, there is nothing I shall want. Beside restful waters, he leads me. He refreshes my soul. He guides me in right paths for his name's sake. The Lord is my shepherd. There is nothing I shall want. You spread the table before me in the sight of my foes. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. The Lord is my shepherd. There is nothing I shall want. Only goodness and kindness follow me all the days of my life. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord for years to come. The Lord is my shepherd. There is nothing I shall want. A reading from the first letter of St. Paul to the Corinthians. Brothers and sisters, Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For since death came through man, the resurrection of the dead came also through man. For just as in Adam all die, so too in Christ all shall be brought to life. But each one in proper order, Christ the first fruits, then it is coming those who belong to Christ. Then comes the end when he hands over the kingdom to God, his, his God and Father when he has destroyed every sovereignty and every authority and power. For he must reign until he has put all enemies under his feet. The last enemy to be destroyed is death. When everything is subjected to him, then the Son himself will also be subjected to the one who subjected everything to him, so that God may be all in all. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus said to his disciples, When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, he will sit upon his glorious throne, and all the nations will be assembled before him, and he will separate them one from another, as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will place the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. A stranger, and you welcomed me. Naked, and you clothed me. Ill, and you cared for me. In prison, and you visited me. Then the righteous will answer him and say, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you drink? When did we see you a stranger and welcome you, or naked and clothe you? When did we see you ill or in prison and visit you? And the king will say to them in reply, Amen, I say to you, whatever you did for one of the least brothers of mine, you did for me. Then he will say to those on his left, depart from me, you accursed, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. 
For I was hungry, and you gave me no food. I was thirsty, and you gave me no drink. A stranger, and you gave me no welcome. Naked, and you gave me no clothing. Ill and in prison, and you did not care for me. Then they will answer and say, Lord, when did we see you hungry, or thirsty, or a stranger, or naked, or ill, or in prison, and not minister to your needs? He will answer them, Amen, I say to you, what you did not do for one of these least ones, you did not do for me. And these will go off to eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. During the 1979 baseball season, this Phillies fan was in awe of a player named Willie Stargell. Stargell played for the Pittsburgh Pirates, at the time a division rival of the cross-state Phillies. The Phillies had won their division three years running, but 1979 wasn't to be, and Stargell was the reason. At 38 years old, he was the team's de facto leader, whose teammates nicknamed him Pops. For 12-year-old me, 38 years old was like 104. Stargell could hit a ball farther than any human being I had ever seen. In Veteran Stadium, where Philadelphia played in those days, Stargell once hit a ball 458 feet, the longest in the 30-year history of the facility. A yellow star enclosed in a white circle with a black S was placed on the upper deck concrete to mark where it finally hit. It was still there when the stadium was demolished in 2002. In late 1978, Pops came up with a better use for stars than his own recognition. To motivate his teammates, after each game, Stargell awarded a star to a player who made a particularly good play or had a great game that day. Players would sew the stars on the side of their caps, proud not only of their accomplishments, but also for being praised by the man they admired so much. In 1979, the team not only took the division title from the Phillies, but they also won the World Series. Teammate Al Oliver once said, if he asked us to jump off the Fort Pitt Bridge, we would, we would ask him what kind of dive he wanted. That's how much respect we have for the man. After Stargell's death, legendary second baseman Joe Morgan remarked, when I played, there were 600 baseball players and 599 of them loved Willie Stargell. He's the only guy I could have said that about. He never made anybody look bad and he never said anything bad about anybody. Stargell's leadership was not just in his play, it was bringing out the best in his teammates. Everyone was encouraged and motivated to shine. The stars were, in a way, jewels and a crown that they all shared proudly. And it was Pops who led them to the promised land. That's what a true shepherd does. Today's passage from Ezekiel's prophecy is the Lord's response to a failure of Israel's human shepherds, their kings, to guide the people to the verdant pastures of God's kingdom. God himself will redeem his chosen ones. Psalm 23 extends the metaphor further. The Lord is not only the divine shepherd who leads the faithful to safety and repose, but he's also the divine host who invites us to dine with him at a lavish banquet, and even more, to dwell in the house of the Lord for years to come. To dwell in the house of the Lord. I don't know any earthly king who invites grimy sheep to eat his food and to live in his palace with him. In John's gospel, Jesus affirms that he is the fulfillment of the psalmist's vision. He is the good shepherd, he says, who invites us to abide in him. Jesus, in fact, as Emmanuel, God with us, invites us to pass through the veil into the Holy of Holies when he says, I no longer call you slaves, I have called you friends. The good shepherd doesn't merely lead and care for his sheep, he transforms our lives by sharing his life with us. In fact, in the book of Revelation, John the seer shares with us the fullness of the divine vision in the form of a hymn 
sung in praise to the Lamb who was slain, who sits upon the eternal throne. He says, Worthy are you to receive the scroll and to break open its seals, for you were slain, and with your blood you purchased for God those from every tribe and tongue, people, and nation. You made them a kingdom and priests for our God, and they will reign on the earth. The sheep become a kingdom. And not only that, they reign on the earth, but not without price, for the Lamb of God was slain. St. Paul explains, however, that Christ is raised from the dead as the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. The resurrection initiates a new world order, which is the present time during which, as St. Paul says in his first letter to the Corinthians, he must reign until he has put all enemies, every sovereignty and every authority, every authority and power under his feet. This kingdom of Christ endures until the end of created time when the fullness of God's plan is accomplished and the kingdom of God is established forever. Again, we hear in St. Paul's letter, when everything is subjected to him, then the son himself will also be subjected to the one who subjected everything to him so that God may be all in all. It is then when God is all in all that we will fully share in his glory. But that's not to say that the kingdom is not present now in nation form. As through, as through grace and through God's saving work, it comes into being. That's what Jesus describes in today's gospel reading, which is not so much a parable as a judgment scene, which is a biblical literary genre unto itself. Jesus himself does not describe it as the end of time, but rather a description of the present time, the kingdom of Christ, when he says, When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, he will sit upon his glorious throne and all the nations will be assembled before him. And how do we experience the Son of Man in his glory? It's not in golden crowns of stars with glittering might and power. Rather, he says, For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. A stranger, and you welcomed me. Naked, and you clothed me. Ill, and you cared for me. In prison, and you visited me. Paradoxically, this is the Son of Man in his glory, even though we fail to recognize him. His crown is not a crown of stars or precious jewels, but a crown of thorns. And it's through our response to his glorious thorns that the sheep are separated from the goats. In embracing his thorns, we weave our own crown of thorns, entering into communion with him and a share in his glory. Returning to John's gospel, we hear, This is my commandment. Love one another as I love you. No one has greater love than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. The sheep become the shepherd. When having been led into verdant pastures and fed at the shepherd's table, we love as he loves. We live now in the kingdom of Christ, invited to join with him in subjecting all things to himself. Will we resist the voice of the shepherd as a willful goat or heed it as a gentle lamb offering ourselves in sacrifice? Each moment, each day, we are invited to earn a star for our cap, more or more accurately, a thorn for our crown as we meet the divine shepherd in clever disguise. May Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Have a great day and say a prayer for me. Mm-hmm.